0: I'm Christopher Rice. And
1: I'm Eric Shaw Quinn.
0: Looking for a way to support the dinner party show? A percentage of any purchase you make through a buy link on the thedinnerpartyshow.com will allow us to keep
1: bringing you the show free of charge. If you're an Amazon customer, head to the thedinnerpartyshow.com and click on the Amazon Gold Box located in the lower left-hand corner of every page of our site. Do this, and a percentage of each purchase you make at Amazon during that shopping session will support our continued operation.
0: I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for another episode of The Dinner Party Show.
1: I went to a marvelous party. Facts. Most people
0: don't even know the facts. The they go with their gut,
1: don't and have anything their gut cares about your money. Christopher this, is <laughs> Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time.
0: Fine, you first, Eric. <laughs>
1: Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and you're listening to the Dinner Party Show's live cast for April 26th. 2015. And
0: tonight, we will not be winnowing down the horrific death toll from the earthquake in Nepal by focusing solely on the lone groups of Americans who were killed in the disaster. Mm. We will ascribe no special value to the lives of those Westerners who were attempting to summit Mount Everest at the time of the quake, an endeavor that already entails an incredible amount of risk, even when there are not major seismic events in the area. Yeah. Instead, we here at The Dinner Party Show would like to ask the news media, in the age of social media and the increasingly interconnected world creates, is it really still necessary for you guys to localize every large-scale tragedy in terms of the country, city, or state of your consumers? Yes. Along those lines, (laughs) no, it's not. Along those lines, we'd also like to ask news consumers, are you more moved by the death of a Google executive than you are by the deaths of literally thousands of Nepalese who were simply going about their daily lives Uh. when the literal foundations of their homes and businesses were ripped out from under them? Hideous. We understand that the human mind sometimes has trouble grappling with the enormity of certain crises, but for Christ's sake, let's not prioritize the victims on the basis of wealth and whiteness.
1: Just this once.
0: And let's not pretend that an Instagram account for a single American victim is somehow a substitute for covering this unfolding catastrophe on the ground where it's actually happening.
1: But that's really all we that's, have to I've say. I've got about
0: four more pages I want to say about <laughs> it, and then that's all. Then we'll be done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Also, we we really just don't know what to say about New York's gay hospitality millionaire entrepreneurs Ian Reisner and Maddie. I'm going with wider pass. Your guess is as Sounds good as like mine. Sounds like a porn star. What is inexplicable, the cat- inexplicable, <coughs> oh, okay. inexplicable. Their inexplicable decision to throw their support behind anti-gay right-wing lunatic windbag Ted Cruz and host a big-ticket fundraiser for him in their New York penthouse. Reisner and... Wider Pass were, for some reason, shocked when people who believe in human rights began (laughs) dropping out of their support for events that involved the two. Boycotts of their flagship Out Hotel and XL Club were announced by gay groups and protests. Produce, produce.
0: It's like a, it's a protest with produce.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> They're going to bring rotten tomatoes to um their properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can only assume that they will be changing the name of the Out Hotel to the Closet. <laughs> but as no one believes the XL thing anyway, there will be no need to change no, that.
0: Not at all. Not at all.
1: All we have to say about this off-key mashup is that the fact that Senator Cruz is a Canadian immigrant. And a Latino, who is also anti-immigrant and anti-Latino, at least makes the three-way between these strange political bedfellows consistent. Mm-hmm. But that really is all we ha- can think to say about it. Tonight, anyway. I'm sure we'll have much to say
0: about it later. Oh, but I doubt it. Also not being discussed on tonight's show, a California cybersecurity expert who has been banned from United Airlines for life... After he posted a tweet written while he was on board one of their flights, announcing his plans to hack into the plane's onboard systems using its passenger Wi Fi network and cause the oxygen masks to drop. Hmm. While we here at the dinner party That's show exciting. are incredibly leery of social media pylons and sanctimonious overreactions to single Facebook posts and tweets, are we? We just <laughs> like to say, I am, because they're usually mine. We just like to say, dude, if you're going to be banned. And for life, at least try to go down for posting something funny or tapping into a collective resentment we all hold towards the experience of being an airline passenger. Like, uh, what? You couldn't have made a joke about blowing out the exit door next to the guy who brought a bag of freshly fried fast food onto the plane so he could blanket his fellow passengers in the familiar smell of a roadside McDonald's in
1: August? Uh, Ugh.
0: If you're gonna go down, go down like a boss, dude, not a 13-year-old who just learned that
1: computer jokes can be a thing. Also, can we really call him a cybersecurity expert? <laughs> That's what they're saying. They're saying he can't do
0: what he was claiming it could be done. Doesn't we're we're going to not talk about that later. Doesn't
1: seem like an expert to me no. somehow because he got caught. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it no. didn't actually happen. All right. He was um, joking. He, he, said was he was an was amateur. Yeah,
0: he's an amateur comedian <laughs> is what he is.
1: Also, we will have nothing whatsoever to say tonight or ever about anyone's feelings about Bruce Jenner's decision to transition other than his. Mm -hmm. He has our unwavering support, period. Feelings or expressions of anything other than unconditional support from his failed porn star stepdaughter or her shamelessly self-promoting family of aspiring has-beens may keep the morning shows on the air and put grist in the mills of the increasingly sad entertainment news and gossip media, but we will not be discussing them here. Good luck, Bruce, on bringing some class into that family. It should make your Olympic gold medal triathlon victory seem like child's play. But -hmm. that's all we have to say about it. As for everything else, it's still on the table
2: on tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come.
0: Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. We're trying an experiment tonight. It's a very casual and formal experiment, and apparently it's not going well. If I'm looking at our videographer currently, we were going to try to put this portion of the. Oh, it looks like we're going. It's
1: happening. We are trying
0: to go up on Periscope. Periscope. If you are a Twitter user and you have the Periscope app, we are now. Are we broadcasting? We're waving at you. We're broadcasting on Periscope. Um, we have said <laughs> we'll hold up a copy of today's newspaper for proof of life. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> we said script. from the very beginning of the show that we wanted to find a way to video stream it, and this will probably not be it. But we wanted to experiment with it anyway because it's a because new it app. seems
1: like really cool, right?
0: Yeah. It's and very easy. I don't know. We'll have to hear people's but
1: comments. But it's about live, it later. so there's no record of it. That's the part that no, we...
0: no. It it, re- it saves your broadcast. It's also recorded. But I don't know how long you can go on it. I don't. I don't well, know. If we we'll can do. find out R- soon. We're enough. just gonna do. This segment of the show on Periscope, if we can, if my phone doesn't shut down or Jason doesn't see a text from a special friend popping up. Or trip over backwards. Eric Shaw, Quinn, how are you doing today? Do you uh, have any final thoughts? Really fine.
1: That's really that's what an insightful question, Christopher. How are
0: you? Did you do anything today before the show? Did you go outside?
1: I came by and turned on the air conditioner. That's
0: always very appreciated. I think
1: it's the most important thing that happens on the show every week.
0: But it also leads yeah, don't to mess a mess dis- with
1: your nose when we're periscoping <laughs> you know, the show. I know now
0: we're on camera. It's horrible. <laughs> I used to show up in my Job of the HUD costume eating a donut with powdered sugar all down the front of my shirt. And now I I have to like yeah, I wondered, you know, do I was, my hair and
1: stuff. I wondered where the disco shirt came from. It was like, Oh right, we're on Periscope today.
0: Well, actually I try to dress up a little bit. When we have guests in the studio, we take video for YouTube. It's not live streaming, but we do clips and stuff. I'm explaining this to you, even though you're I've fully here, aware of I've this. I've been here
1: for two and a half years now.
0: I'm waving to Periscope right now. This is very exciting. Um, we have some business to attend to, as we always do during this portion of the show.
1: Which is why I always... That's what I like to do when the hors d'oeuvres are
0: being passed. Eric, it's time for your performance review. It's been two <laughs> whole years. I've collected some blog and you commentary. you are
1: such a bitch! Oh I my am. God! such a
0: bitch. No, um... We are doing a new thing here at the Dinner Party Show. We would like for people who enjoy our show and listen to it to say so on iTunes. And if you do, we will read the most clever line from one of our new iTunes reviews every week, live uh, on the Dinner Party Show. So do you have an example? Uh, we do. This Ooh. was, and I read through this very times, to, uh, very many times, excuse me. <laughs> I'm just going to drop every other word so people think the stream is skipping. L.P. Klawoon. Was the author of this? Is that a name like IP Freely, maybe? I don't know. We're being tricked. Uh, I don't don't know. know.
1: It it looks
0: like a nom de plume, but if it's not a nom de plume, I've totally offended this person and they're going to never listen again. But this is what we've already got their review, so fuck it. (laughs) So
3: fuck it. Gotcha review. (laughs) Anyway. Gotcha review.
0: the, the, The quote is this They generally have me laughing my butt off before the end of the not report. Unfortunately, the world never fails to provide an infinite supply of the stupid. Right, and thank God.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I based pretty much my entire life and career and sense of humor on that. You
0: really—if there weren't stupid people in the world, Eric Shockwin would have nothing to say.
1: Oh, and it would be so much nicer—not <laughs> <laughs> because I would be quiet, but because of the absence of stupid. people. What did you
0: say that we were watching a movie the other night? You were having a little social gathering at your house, and there was a scene in a, ch- a hosp- the children's ward of a hospital, and you said something like. How did I ever survive
1: around all those children? Oh, my God. It really does still astonish me. All of that screaming and insanity. Children are very inexplicable to me. And as a child, they were just as inexplicable to me as they are now. I just, I sat around going, what is wrong with these people? <laughs>
0: you came out, you came, there those are the kids. There are the other yeah. kids who were not and, born bitter sophisticates like Eric Joaquin. that's
1: pretty much how the other kids reacted to me until I was 16. Like, there was like a, the door opened at the 16, and they were like, oh, he's actually really funny. And suddenly everything changed, but until then, it was a sort of adversarial relationship between me and the other children. You
0: and the other children. Now, well, um, bringing Bringing it back to me. Because uh, that's where I'm most
1: comfortable, right? Uh, I finished. And why would you ask how, what kind of day I had?
0: I finished. Uh, well, I was. I, at some point, didn't we talk? You, you would have hit on the fact that we had talked. I thought at some point, but anyway, uh. I finished my latest erotic romance novella, part of the a Thousand and One Dark Nights. You're writing it, not reading it. This is a writing. one-handed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is both. hands. I've read it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to read it live right now. Cool. Get your uh, Quavassier poured and your bubble bath ready. No, I uh, turned it into the uh, lovely ladies at Evil Eye Concepts this week. Week. They run a thousand and one dark nights and you have not read any of these books that I have written because they are just too sexy for you. Is that true?
1: They're too sexy for me. Yes, yeah, that's it. That's really the problem sexy. for me. Yes. Your books are too sexy for my shirt or whatever it is that song says. Yes. <laughs> no, um, we had an agreement that you eventually, you initially didn't want me to read them no. because it was too weird. And then you did decide that you wanted me to read one of them, and we haven't ever really narrowed that exactly down. And I'm willing. I want
0: you to read the Surrender Gate. I want you to read the Surrender Gate. That's the one. Okay. It's the it's the the full it's the full length novel. And I just as as somebody who never wound up in bed with a woman drunk, I'm not sure you can quite understand the unique perspective I bring to heterosexual. I did actually
1: wind up in bed with women drunk. We. That's just as far as it got. (laughs) We were trading socks. We then, yeah, we then took each other's makeup off and slept soundly. Like it was, yeah, there was no sex ever. But I did actually wind up drunk in bed with all kinds of women over the years. I remember when I had breakfast in bed with the drunken whore back during our book writing days.
0: The fuck are you doing? There we go. There she
1: is. Um, Yeah, I remember my agent saying, my God. Any other man in the world but you. Yeah. Like, because I was like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. But any other man
0: but you probably wouldn't have been, no, not with her. There were a lot of men that were yeah, allowed most in, other anyway. men. Yeah, I was probably,
1: um, there was a line.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but the other thing that was more about me and what we were talking oh, about. Oh, I'm so no, sorry.
1: Can't. Did I distract from talking about you? No, well, when I when just, just wanted to say, to say that. Out. It's going
0: to be out in November. The pre order link is up at the dinnerpartyshow.com now. It's been up for, they put pre order links up now like five years in advance so you can be like, pre order. And people are like, fuck you. I'm I'm not going to pre-order something I'm not getting for a year. Um, But don't don't take that attitude. They
1: don't charge you for it until it's actually becomes available. That's very true. That is very true.
0: Then then it's a surprise. Like, $20? Amazon, (laughs) right? It's like, oh, (laughs) shit, I didn't budget for that seven years out or seven months out, I should say. So, yeah, it'll come out um, in November. I think November 11th maybe is the release date. A year to the date that The Flame came out and, you know wowed the world I mean, of bisexual go wait by my three ways. You go wait by your Kindle. Yeah,
1: that sounds great. We're
0: doing something else now on the Dinner Party Show. It's all new things all the time, but we have a lovely listener. Well, let me start here. And let me blame you. Let me do this.
1: I think that's always the best place to start. This is entirely my fault.
0: There is a certain state in our blessed union. Well...
1: Th- there's a number of states, but one of them there's really one keeps pushing particular. to the front of the the crowd of the stupidest states in our union.
0: And I was going to say, there's one state that you to to whom you give a lot of shit, to whom we give a lot of shit. Well, who richly earns a lot. Richly of shit. earns, a, and so. But we also have a very lovely listener from that state. I think we have many listeners, listeners from that, from that state. state. Yeah, but yes, one in particular. Um, uh, Amy Bellino. And uh, the state, if you haven't guessed it already, folks, is Florida. And Amy has done something for us called the Florida Report, which is not in that part of the computer. It's in this part of the computer. And because you're watching us on Periscope, you saw that fuck up and there was no covering it. So this is our first, actually, it's our second ever edition of the Florida Report from Amy Bellino. And now it's time for the Florida Report.
4: Hi, this they is Amy Polino no. from Miami Beach. The following Hi, is my report of the weird, odd, and just plain stupid in Florida. <laughs> so, a
1: sex offender walks into a yoga class. <laughs> Joseph Jordan, a 42-year-old registered
4: sex offender, attended a yoga class in Jacksonville and started masturbating. Right <gasps> like in the middle do. of class. Wow. Three male students and the instructor had to escort him out. Jordan was easily identified because he had signed up for the class With his legitimate information. This has been the Florida Report. Report.
1: Come for the unlicensed medical (laughs) procedures. Stay for the stupidity.
0: Mm. Okay, I was talking over Eric's uh, machine gun fire speech. He
1: heard my voice and immediately began speaking.
0: I think that could have just as easily happened in California. I've been to some really creepy yoga classes here.
1: Yeah, but he would he wouldn't have signed up with his actual information. (laughs) That's That's because nobody in California is using their actual information. That's the unique aspect. (laughs) And if he had, the yoga studio would have refused to give it to the authorities in respect for his uh, confidentiality, his yoga confidentiality.
0: Oh, that's great! Sam Harris is here, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking oh of God. masturbating in yoga
1: class, sorry, that's really that a lovely segue. That has nothing segway. to do with tonight's guest, Sam, Sam Harris. Harris, who has torn himself away from a children's birthday party oh, and sugar festival that you we want to hear believe, about, it.
0: right? Uh, Sam Harris, we are not talking about the author of "Letter to a Christian Nation." We're talking about the singing sensation
1: superstar. Yeah,
0: and uh, I, I didn't realize it was the first ever season of Star Search that yes. he won. So his name is sort of inextricably bound up with the Star Search brand. He
1: was Kelly Clarkson before there was any such a thing as American Idol. He was the first of all of them.
0: Absolutely, and he has...
1: The bestest.
0: Uh, he has a memoir out. We're actually gonna play. We're not asking him to sing. We only ask Alec Mappa to sing that one song when he comes on. But we're actually gonna play <laughs> He's his, actually sick of that. his rendition of, uh, of uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. We're gonna play that before he comes on later. I think it
1: was what won. I think that's yeah. what he won with.
0: And his I love that song. book, his memoir, Ham Slices of Life, is for sale at the Dinnerparty And if you buy it there through the link in our main slider, the dinner party show will receive a portion. Of your sale. Now, I believe something happened this week relating to promotions or something for your book, Eric Shaw Quinn. There was some. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was given the recording just before we went live. We're going to go. We're going to see what this is about. But apparently you were on a podcast is
1: I you'll just have I hadn't planned. It was an unplanned
2: uh, public relations event. All right, here we go. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter.
0: Hi, folks. I'm Scott Scriven, and welcome to another episode of Blog Live Radio's Doing Authors, where we talk to published authors about the craft of writing, the business of publishing, and all the steps in between. Our guest this evening is New York Times bestseller and co-host of The Dinner Party Show, Eric Shaw Quinn. Eric Shaw Quinn wrote his groundbreaking debut novel in his spare time while working as an advertising director and theater critic. The book was Say Uncle, the story of an eccentric, openly gay man who receives custody of his nephew after his sister's untimely death. Since then, Eric's written two novelizations for the series Queerest Folk, and was the acknowledged ghostwriter for two novels penned by celebrity Pamela Anderson. Who was she, say my kids? A reminder for our listeners, we're taking calls at 800-555-BOOK. Maybe somebody will use that number for the first time since we started the show. <laughs> Alright, Eric joins us this evening from Los Angeles to discuss his new novel, Ghost Story, which may or may not be about his experience working with a certain has-been. Good evening, Eric, and welcome to Doing Authors.
3: Good evening. I am Eric Shaw Quinn, and I am an old author, and I am here to talk about my book, Ghost Story.
0: Well, all right. Uh, I understand your latest is a murder mystery. Tell us a little about the plot.
3: No. Uh, uh, no? Uh, You don't want to discuss the plot of your new book? No, it's not a murder mystery. It's worse.
0: Oh, so it's scary.
3: No, it's bad.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, then. Well, uh, let's start with the title, Ghost Story. Is it the type of ghost story I'm
3: thinking of? My book, Because I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, is about a ghost who won't stop telling stories, but they're just boring stories about his day. Like, they're about ghost traffic jams and ghost grocery shopping and stuff like that. You know, boring.
0: Interesting. So it's a modern take on the ghost story.
3: If by modern you mean terrible, yeah. All right. Well, if you're just joining us here on Doing Authors, New York
0: Times bestseller Eric Shaw Quinn, who sounds a lot different than he does on his show, uh, has just joined us to tell us that his new book is terrible. It's called Ghost Story, and it's about a ghost who won't stop telling stories about his everyday life as a ghost. Um, so maybe I'm reading too much into this here, but, but does this ghost haunt people by telling them these boring stories about his day? I mean, that could be funny, a, a ghost that haunts people by boring them.
3: No, that would actually be good. This book is not good at all.
0: It's our first caller in three
3: years. Don't answer
0: that. It's probably a terrorist. Hello, caller. You're on with doing authors. Who am I speaking
1: with? You're speaking with Eric Shaw Quinn.
3: No, I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. You're not Eric Shaw Quinn. You sound gay. We're all gay. Uh, Well, I've had some
0: experiences in college I'm hesitant to define. I'm actually married to a lovely woman named Sarah, who works at the Freehold
1: Public Library here in Freehold, New Jersey. And Jordan <laughs> Ampersand, what the fuck do you think you're doing?
3: Telling everyone that your new book is terrible. Have
1: you even read my new book?
3: I don't need to read your new book to know that it's terrible. Books are terrible. Why doesn't
0: the real Eric Shaw Quinn tell us what his new book is about?
1: Thank you, Scott. Ghost Story is a madcap murder mystery about a celebrity has-been and her sharp-tongued ghostwriter who have to team up to solve a series of high-profile murders for which they're being framed. It's also a dishy backstage tour through contemporary Hollywood and a send-up of the murder mystery genre in general. That sounds fun! Thank you. Also, it's not actually been published yet.
3: What? If it hasn't been published yet, how can I tell anyone not to buy it?
1: I'm so sorry. Uh, It's currently on submission. Looks like you jumped the gun on your little plot to, uh... Sabotage my book, you little shit.
3: Now I'm gonna have to schedule this interview all over again when the book comes out? No,
1: you won't, actually.
3: Books are terrible. Well, Mr. Quinn, I sure am
0: sorry about the mix-up, and I'll be looking forward to your new madcap murder mystery ghost story. When it finally comes out, and you heard it here first, listeners, it's not about a ghost who tells boring stories about his day.
1: Yeah, and maybe if you listen to our show once in a while, you wouldn't end up booking an imposter on yours. Sure, and
0: you can tell me why that guy still works for you. Fair point. I'm Scott Scriven, and you've been listening to one of our more exciting episodes of Doing Authors.
2: The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Bringing you interviews with some of the hottest celebrities who made the mistake of taking Christopher and Eric's call. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And this Sunday, May 3rd, we're joined by
1: the super talented writers behind the upcoming Fox event series... Wayward Pines.
0: Novelist Blake Crouch and TV writer Chad Hodge will discuss their much-anticipated series, directed by M. Night Shyamalan and scheduled to premiere in over 125 countries on the same night.
1: So, join us this Sunday, May 3rd, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific,
2: to discuss a creepy little town called Wayward Pines, with two of the men who built it. The Dinner Party Show, a new live cast, begins airing every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, at the DinnerPartyshow.com or through our free mobile app. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, where all of our shows are available for free anytime you want to listen.
0: Look at the end of the block, just outside that ethically sourced coffee house. It's my ex, Ryan. It's that guy from the gym. It's a stranger. It's
2: whatever, man.
0: Faster than a dial-up modem. It's not about
1: the journey. It's about where you park when you get
0: there. More powerful than a middle school principal!
1: Step away, sir, or I'll have to write a strongly worded letter for your permanent record.
0: Able to pull off that pork pie hat without looking like a complete douchebag. Me, it's Whatever Man! Coming to some streaming-on-demand service or cable netlet, Whatever Man is not so much a superhero as he is what's left at the bottom of the Comic-Con barrel after every viable comic book hero has been exploited and before studio and network executives realize that it's possible to make movies and TV shows that don't use comic books as the underlying source material.
1: Whatever Man.
0: Whatever Man! By day, he's just an ass-aching hipster slavishly devoted to the most trivial bullshit trends that he only half heard about or saw a link to in his friend's
1: blog. I mean, who knows what's in those so-called vaccines.
0: Scientists.
1: Whatever, man.
0: But by night, he's pretty much the same ass-aching hipster douchebag, but it's darker. So,
1: like, who says the government gets to charge us an
3: income Constitution? Whatever,
1: man.
3: I'm not supposed to be out after dark. That's
0: right. He's the kind of superhero you get when Marvel and DC are running out of top-shelf heroes faster than cable and internet suppliers are running out of production money and hours to fill in their schedule.
3: Whatever, man.
0: Coming to a handheld device or a coffee shop near you.
3: I said no phone. Whatever, man. Whatever,
0: man! The superhero that you get when you allow accountants and people who refuse to grow up to greenlight films and make programming decisions!
2: Whatever, man. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Let's dish.
0: Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And our guests are lovely, our amazing, talented guest. Sam Harris is Hi. in studio.
4: I am so exhausted from hearing that song. <laughs> that was I you. Feel like, I feel like the top of my head just blew off.
0: Now, you were saying that was an older version that you have since done? That was
4: the original version yeah, that I cut right after one. Star Search. And then years later, I, cut, uh, I was doing a new record of standards and Broadway and things, and so I did a new version with a full orchestra that, that um, is the one I do usually. Okay. But that's the one for you fear, with, for right? For fear of my head will blow off if I keep doing it. <laughs> but this. yeah, I was going to say, what's different between the two versions? Is it the top hey, notes? Hey, the... I don't do that as much. Oh, do it. you were doing it. Come on, you were <laughs> no, doing it. No, I could, it. but it could hurt you. Yeah. You know yeah. that cracking glass you have at the end of your ding, ding, ding? It would happen for real. Well, this
0: is all tempered <laughs> in here. I mean, this is all, so we reinforced it just for it's you. It's very
4: glamorous, just, I have yeah. to say. Oh, do you the like the whole our studio? The setup, I tell you, when Handsome Randy met me in the parking lot, <laughs> dressed in his vest and everything, I thought, oh my God. God, I've really underdressed. This is this. You is look lovely. No, the cucumber sandwiches. Perfect. Now oh. that there's Periscope, people can actually know about right. all of these. How, oh, how yeah. We
0: already. My friend Isabel just tweeted us to ask about the wax lion, which we have on the oh, table. Right. It's it's wax? It's that,
1: actually not, but it's a prop. It's. it's oh. She
0: recognized it as being from Wonderfalls, which is a Brian Fuller television show. We love Brian Fuller. He comes on the show
1: all the time. And you stole it from him. We he, stole it from him. I I, not, I mugged him in the parking lot and for took his it out of wax his lion. For his wax lion. Yeah. But it's
4: not a candle. No, no, no. It's, it's
0: it's tied into the story that we're just going to talk about Brian Fuller doing it. Okay, visit. Sure. What does Sam Harris think of Brian Fuller? But it's it's a, the series is it's sort of a take on Joan of Arc where she it's a young woman who works at a gift shop in Niagara Falls and, and the the just items like in the Joan gift shop start talking to her. Is she oh. crazy like Joan of Arc? Only there's no they don't burn her or anything. They don't because it's a fun show. Well, I don't That's know the Hannibal, show got, where got they canceled.
1: Burned. They might have burned her eventually. It, it, only, it only had an 11 episode arc, I, they so would get called, the burning might have happened later. We don't know what Brian. You know Brian. <laughs> uh, the burning is happening yeah. on Hannibal, he probably might, in the third. might season. Well have happened. It might well have happened then.
0: So you were very, you were afraid, you were underdressed when you saw Randy, our manservant, and then you saw me, and you're like, "Oh, I'm." I good. knew I was I'm fine. I'm good. I'm exactly. fine. Exactly because I look like I just came in. I'm this sort just of...
4: happy to, to be anywhere Let's right now. Let's talk about where you were just prior to this. Just an, about oh my an hour God. ago, life threatening yeah, event. It was my son Cooper turned seven a couple of weeks ago, but his official party was today. And it was at this incredible place in Hollywood called Sweet Hollywood, which is this enormous, gigantic candy store. It's very Willy yeah! really Wonka. And well, there so they there are. We have audio so they, of Cooper oh my and his god, friends. It's the children back. were really it's lost. Back. So set they put, free they, in the
1: candy store. Oh my god! You, you what can't could even go know. Wrong?
4: You can't know. It was they were stuffed in this the area. We had a DJ. They played. Had a, a scavenger hunt all over the store for candy. We gave. They got to uh, make their own. Uh, ingredients in a candy bar, which is like, the list is like, you know, Pop Rocks, potato chips, cereal. It was
0: shocking. And it just gets melded with the chocolate.
4: They make it in the factory and the kids can watch them do that. And then they were given a bucket to collect candy from the bins. And then we gave them cake. There was so much sugar.
1: (laughs) And then they flew home.
4: (laughs) They were off, bouncing off the walls. We had to set up a little diabetes testing station. (laughs) On the way out, yes. (laughs) It was crazy. Absolutely, and and my head is is better now. But it was crazy. Did you imbibe? in what the candy? the candy i did have a little cake uh, but here's the thing what uh-huh. we do you know it's like how do what do you do what do you t- and last year we had well, the last couple of years we've had these sort of traditional birthdays you know where we had potato sack races and we'll hustle and water cries. it was beautiful <laughs> it was but it's a lot of production you have to stake yeah. out the park at the crack of uh, this is where you leave you go they clean up you leave oh mm. that sounds but we so wanted I to see. do something different because so many of the kids parties now are you know these trampoline parties or laser tag parties or worst the horrible Chuck E. Cheese. Oh,
0: oh yeah, Chuck <gasps> E. Cheese. Chuck e. Cheese is extending their tentacles into the 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 marketing apparatus of everything. Like there's a we have a friend who her child has these Chuck E. Cheese games on his iPad oh, no. and he just plays over it. and they're not it challenging must. strategy games. No. Chuck E. Cheese doesn't sponsor our show, do they? Will they ever? No. We well, can not after our, this. Not, no. But it's all he's winning like but little he, dollars. Chuck E.
4: Cheese is a rat. OK, yeah. when you go to Chuck E. Cheese, it's like Vegas for children with the ding, 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 Right. They're right. playing the tokens and there are four or five video screens all playing different videos with sound. And then you sit at your table and the giant rat comes in and gives you your cake. And it's like a hospital. It's wave sort of around. like that restaurant in Palm Springs, <laughs> Howl at the Moon. The rat <laughs> With comes in. Unless
0: Donna Summer. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it's exactly have like you ever that. you that restaurant? Where I they haven't, have the old and I won't be going.
4: box televisions in the stations above and the bar? And they're all playing? And are because God forbid, we should not be stimulated at every single second of our yeah, lives. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, let's. This is all very fun, but you have a book that we should talk about. At some post. it's called Ham should, Slices of Life. Slices
4: of a life. It's a memoir, it's but, it's, a but life, it's not. TV. It's not. Uh, it's not. Comp- it's not chronological. It's little stories and things from my life, my childhood, my career. It's like career. a series of
1: essays. Yeah, it About is a series of
4: essays, and but the, but then you know it sort of makes sense as you go. It's all over the place. Fatherhood, parenthood. Children, school, growing right. up in the South in you know Bible Belt Oklahoma, mm. but you know you you must find a sense of humor about these things, <laughs> well, or you'd be or dead you'll by die now. or you'll die. <laughs> you
0: would and not good have for this you far. because so many celebrity memoirs are problem memoirs that right? we talk about all the Feel time. My my, my privileged existence was so horrible. Oh, and, yeah. I know it's yeah. terrible. And let me go find the the thing that I need to be healed from and and write a whole book about it. But I like this approach. I support your approach.
4: Thank you. Yeah. And
1: you've also made a show out of it, right? It's so I have so you perform the
4: I've, Well, MR. it started because when I was doing book promotion, um, I thought, you know, instead of going out and reading stories and doing this, that because I'm from the theater, mm-hmm. that we should do it in theaters and I'll read pieces. Yes. And then slowly it started to evolve into this theatrical piece. And then these New York producers came forward Great. and said, this is a show, this is a show. And we were thinking... We, we that was our plan yeah and so they mm. produced it in New York and it became this theatrical piece which of course meant am I hearing a boom Are you okay is that okay no we like we like to get
0: noisemaker chairs our new chairs no no no, in no the it's a,
4: it's thudding as long as they can't hear it no they can't um, hear
0: it all we hear is you okay yeah, well that's you all you more. need to hear
4: Brandon
1: <laughs> will handle
0: it yeah absolutely <laughs> Brandon
4: will take care of anything else um, <laughs> so which meant me to, you know telling these stories that were in the book but not with a book and then putting them in a chronological order. Right. So it uh, had a theatrical arc. And um, it was a great success. We were received beautifully. And then we're, now we're planning on doing it again in Los Angeles and New York and we're looking for venues. And So you're going to tour with it is what you're going to do. We will after we do these two major cities. We, is there a
1: favorite um, excerpt from your...
4: Oh, geez. Um, I don't know. I mean, I talk about... Uh, when I was a kid, you know, I was smitten with the theater so, sure. so yeah, early. The, the
1: strip poker sequence is particularly oh, yes. memorable. Yes, yes. yes.
4: The, we did place when I was 10 in Gypsy, we were newsboys. I love uh, that. The, wow. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, but I was, that's a fun story. I was, you know, because I was like – my dad was the band director in our little town, Sand Springs, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> if they put that name in a movie, they would say it was too on the nose. Sand Sand Springs – and the irony is there was neither sand nor springs anywhere in the area. What was there besides a
0: future star, they could,
4: Nothing. They, they, yeah. Red Clay Dirty River is Red. what they should have called it. <laughs> dirty River, Oklahoma, <laughs> home of Sam Harris.
1: But I love that there was also, in the irrepressible way, a community theater where they did Gypsy.
4: Well, not directly in Sand Springs. Oh no. Oh, no. There was nothing. We had to go to Tulsa for that. Oh, all yeah. the way to the big all city. All the way to the big city. Yes. Um, but uh, you know, I, my, my dad was the band director, so when I was 3, you know, cuz I already loved music and I love so he put me in front of a microphone and I sang the Star Spangled Banner. That was one of my first public. When you were 3. Of, it's a hard song. Precocious, I must tell you. Yes. And on pitch, by the way. And 3-year-old
1: anything is a challenge.
4: Oh, yeah, I was quite prodigious. Yeah, anyway, but. um Um, and then, because my dad was the band director, I got to be in the high school musicals. And my first show that I did was South Pacific, when I got to play, uh, Little, his name was Jerome DeBeck, one of the two mixed-race Polynesian bastard children, mm. you know? <laughs> and I wore a little flowered yeah, loincloth. You just scream
0: mixed-race to me, yeah.
4: Polynesian. Oh, uh, no. There he is. Polynesian. Well, had, I had full body paint. Oh, uh-huh. oh, good. Max actor Egyptian tan, number five. Before that was super problematic, and <laughs> yeah. we could
0: still slap body paint on children and, for theater productions. Yeah, we can't okay. do that anymore. Yeah, it's no, politically— anymore. And
4: then the next show they were doing was The Miracle Worker, and I was so obsessed— with Helen Keller, I was completely transfixed by her because um, she was the ultimate misfit, <laughs> you know. And awesome. I, I wore I wore like a dish towel tied around my eyes, and uh, you know, I stuffed toilet paper in my ears to simulate, you know, blindness and deafness, uh-huh. and right. I would meander around. And my parents were just not having this at all. And mm-hmm. after days, they were like, you know, take off the fucking rag. <laughs> <laughs> But here's the thing. I they, I was like, but you know, I, but Helen Keller, Helen Keller, and then my father would be like, "You're not Helen Keller." Actually, he didn't right. speak with a New York accent at all.
3: <laughs> in the <laughs> so stage you're not version, Helen he
4: Keller. will. In the
0: stage uh, version, you're all from the Bronx. Totally. And I, was like, yeah.
4: I But I could be if they'd give me a chance. And I <laughs> <laughs> and I went in and auditioned for uh, Helen Keller. Helen Keller. Oh my God. I Good said, for they you. Said, I love that. They, and my, they, you know, I said i I want to. They said we already have a part for you. Percy, you're going to play Percy. I said, but I want to read for Helen. Hmm. Helen doesn't have any lines, can I tell you? Oh, because <laughs> so they were like, what are you going to read? <laughs> Yeah, Helen no, has no lines. Crash into yeah. I can wander around. Yeah, right, yeah. but I did. that was cast. I did not get Helen. I was very upset. No, but you got um, lines. I did. I got to play Percy, who was a. do Percy. Little, well, exactly. Right, Percy, Percy is, was. But really Percy, only the two. You're either Annie Anne or, or yeah. Or Percy or was Helen. in a couple of scenes. He was a small Negro child oh. who slept mostly. Wow. Yeah. Oh my. Max God. Max Factor Egyptian. Ten You're number kidding. fifty. You're it was kidding. yeah. I was wow. basically you know I had a lot of blackface growing wow. up. Wow, <laughs> and then it was over, and then nobody did blackface anymore. No. Good, good. I was, it was the end of an era. <laughs> yeah, that and good.
1: So <laughs> thanks for finishing that up. For <laughs> thanks, us. Thank for you. Wrapping America, America. America, thanks you, for. Sam, <laughs>
0: For wrapping that up until that girl from Orange is the New Black did it on Halloween. Oh, um, yeah. So, but it, were any of those your favorite vignettes from from the book, from
4: Ham, slices of life, or what? Um, the... I do, do. I talk about Helen Keller certainly because yeah. it would not be complete without that. Yeah. Um. I have lots of I have show business stories. I've had a, a dreadful experience with when I was first fresh off of Star Search, and I got a call from uh, that Aretha Franklin wanted me to open for her in Cleveland. Wow. wow. You know, my idol. I was like, it was huge. Oh, my God. Huge. So I went there and made the mistake. Well, because there was no budget for anything. So I didn't take anyone from the record company. I didn't take a manager. I didn't. T- and uh, it was a living, breathing nightmare. It was winter in Cleveland. And the rehearsal kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And then finally it was like 5 o'clock and the show was supposed to be at 8. Oh. I hadn't rehearsed. Then they said they had to run Aretha Stuffer, who was not there. Oh. So we wait, it's seven o'clock. The people are lined up outside, frostbitten, waiting to get in, and they still haven't rehearsed my stuff. Aretha comes in, and now they're gonna rehearse her stuff, and she comes to me, and I'm like, oh my God, you're Aretha Franklin. And she took a big puff off of her cigarette and blew it in my face and said, You sing like a black woman. And I thought this was a compliment. And then she just kept blowing smoke in my face, and I knew that she didn't feel that way about it at all. But, <laughs> oh, and yet yeah. she had invited you to had open invited me for her just to hurt me. Um, wow! And then uh, it went. It, the story was endless. It, the show was postponed, and she kept rehearsing her her overture over and over and over and over without ever rehearsing any songs. And I finally had to say to them, I am not going to go on cold without a rehearsal, with the band not having read my yeah orchestrations. Yeah. And so and they were like, but you have to go, you have to go on. And so I said, I'll tell you what I will do. I will sing a cappella. I will tell them my, my charts were lost on the plane and I will sing a cappella. Mm-hmm. For like five minutes, right, and then I will be off and I've done my duty. Well, so I get on stage and I make up this lie about my charge being charts being lost, and the people were pissed off. They had been waiting for hours. They were, it was how many hours had they been waiting? waiting a couple of hours. A couple of. Yeah. Oh my god! Yes, and uh, I Cleveland came out and I December. said, I came exactly. I came out and said. Pretty pissed off, huh? You know? Uh-huh. Which you know alleviated some of the stress. And I said, I don't have any charts. I sat on the edge of the stage and I sang requests and I'm like done. And I wow. look in the wings and the guy's doing the stretch sign with his fingers. What? And then he says, could... I, I could read his lips. We can't find a read. Oh <laughs> my God. Oh my God. Oh so I God. had to keep going and I told jokes. I sang from the phone book. I sang what from the did you freaking sing from book. the phone book? Somebody yelled out I said any requests and somebody said you could sing the phone book and I said, Get me a phone book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did it go over
4: well? I did. I sang from different businesses. I went directly to the yellow pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, wow. um, and I was a kid, you know, and I didn't know, but the show must go on, you know, I knew that much. Where, where did that, she
1: where was she? Where the
4: hell was she smoking and eating donuts? She ate a tremendous amount of donuts and wow. smoked a tremendous well, amount of cigarettes. That much
1: seems apparent at this point, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
4: I'll say, but the smoking is not good for your voice now, is it? No, but she still carries on, you know, yeah, she can still yeah. sing.
0: But that is literally like I'm not a performer, really. I do this show, he's real, Eric's really the performer. Yes. That is like a performer's. Worst Nightmare You have to go on Or suddenly you You have to go do a show That you've never done A rehearsal for We're gonna talk about More performer nightmares With Sam Harris (laughs) Here on the Dinner Party show This is one of them (laughs) (laughs) When we come back We're gonna screw up The whole thing And ask him to talk about Stuff he doesn't know Anything about Okay Okay
1: I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw
0: Quinn. The internet is full of people talking about stuff they hate. So on the TheDinnerPartyShow.com, we've decided to launch a new feature that's all about stuff we love. That's right.
1: It's called Christopher and Eric's Favorites. Each month, we'll recommend a variety of products we just can't live without so that you can enjoy them, too.
0: You can visit Christopher and Eric's favorites at TheDinnerPartyShow.com, and that's where you can also sign up for our newsletter and be the first to know when new favorites are added to the site.
1: And remember, if you use any of the buy links on TheDinnerPartyShow.com, a percentage of your purchase will help support the
2: operation of the show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. Welcome back to the
0: Festival of Bells with Christopher Rice and Derek Shaw Quinn. Hello, Eric. Hi, Christopher.
1: Thanks for saying my name Did me. you say
4: hi? Are you Jewish, Eric <laughs> Shaw Quinn? No, oh, he wishes. Hi. He i not. I am so
1: not Jewish. Although I did have Jewish bosses ask me that once. If I've, you were Jewish? if I Yes. They were like, oh, my God, isn't he Jewish? Like, because I was so – like, I have always said that the Irish people actually invented guilt but were so good at it, we made the Jews feel responsible. Oh, yes. that's really good. That's very and, true, and that's what, and it was based on that that my bosses were astonished that I was because Shaw not... Quinn
4: is such a, a yeah. Jewish yeah, right. name. Yeah, it's very. Jewish Jewish I wanted to name. be Jewish. Did when you? I was little, I did. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did the, too. everybody who was anybody was Jewish? Yeah. Well, there were no Jews in Oklahoma. No, Very few Jews. But they were right. smart enough to well, had, hell out Jews of Well, Jews had there. killed yeah. Christ, and so they, you know, in they the Bible Belt. Yeah. But I wanted to be Jewish so badly, and I realized later that it wasn't so much the religion as the oppression I was attracted to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I celebrated rock. Rosh- yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I did all the did My the Irish things.
0: Catholic mother really believed they were the chosen people. And she said, if you hang out with Jewish people, you will be good. You will be educated. You will be enlightened. I went to the Jewish high school in New oh, Orleans. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the best high school there in was New a, Orleans. There were was, enough to go to? Va- there, we were there. They were all there. There were six they in were the class. There. I tried to convert because the Jewish community center had a swimming pool. And I thought ah. that was cool. And someone pointed out I was named for Christ, so that conversion
1: was probably Ah, not going to— And you had a swimming pool at the
0: house. No, no, the the timeline's getting jumbled. This was in San Francisco, back when we were just a humble college professor's family. And Mom was that woman who just tapped out little stories in the back room, and then, you know, and everyone—they got theirs. Let's put it that way. Isn't that cute? You like to write about vampires. Well, we'll see. We'll just see how that story plays out. (laughs) But at any rate, I, that, I was not allowed to convert either. and, and uh, Also, I went to Bar Mitzvah. That was why I wanted to convert.
4: You get money. And they said, we just will throw you really big parties. And yes. then, then it will save everyone a lot of and trouble. And you know what? There's something to the chosen people. Because who yeah. doesn't want to be chosen? Yes. I wanted to be chosen. Well,
1: you actually were. You were, we're not ch- for a while. You won
4: <laughs> star, sir. <laughs> oh you god! But then it
1: sort of changed the 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 course, right? Wasn't that the big sort of course yeah, changer? I for, think it
4: did. I certainly uh, for that kind of, uh, of theatricality and music. To and wake
1: up to you every day. I bought um, from sharper image. Remember, I don't even know if they sharper still have sharper image. image. It was this very fancy, very high tech. Clock radio that played a cassette.
2: A played cassette? your own
1: music really? in the morning. It was very, it was the latest thing. And I made a cassette and it started with the um the applause vamp from the rose. Da 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 da, 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 da. Yeah. That with the applause. So I woke up to applause That's, and then oh. you sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow. That's, That's how I how woke up every wow. day. That was how I woke up every day. You also wow. changed my relationship to shoes. Forever! Whoa, I your, want to hear this. Your story. fashion choices on Star well, Search thank you. actually changed my the, the ironic shoe choice became. I'm you still, got up. I'm I, still doing up, it. You, I'm still. What wow. are you
0: showing? Let's narrate this. You're you're wearing Ralph Lauren like polo
1: cat shoes. Yeah, they have a, like their dark Vans, blue. But I wore Vans, Vans forever, and but you were always with I your had high the Converse. Yes. your fun. I don't even shoes. wake up to me. Can I tell ironic, you? And your ironic uh, use of uh, formal wear. Yeah, yeah, all of those. what you're doing. Tonight you I do dressed it, I for do Sam,
0: Eric Shockwood. I've been he doing did. it
1: ever since then. It yeah. was a big effect wow. on me. You were big. Thank
4: you so much. I didn't know I was so fashion forward. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely, it was a very big. You had a big impact.
4: But you know, it's when you look at the reasons that you did something, or any of us did. And I wore that oversized tuxedo coat because I felt fat. Mm. You know, and I loved Charlie Chaplin. Mm. So it's like all the little things that affect. You know, it's like when I'm singing, and my own style comes from. Some of the things that I can do, but it often comes from the things that I can't do. So I figure out a way to do something else. Do you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like when you when you're writing, and uh, mm-hmm. it becomes evolves into something completely different than what you thought you were going to write. Oh, absolutely, right. yeah, always, yeah, always, yeah. always. You plan yeah.
1: to write a story, and the characters take you in a completely other direction. You're like, well, I didn't see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, they they tell but you, it's great, yeah. They tell I mean, you, and, and it's like, well, yeah, that's what's going to happen. But yeah, you were chosen. Were absolutely well thank you. Chosen. And
0: it was the first season of Star Search, is that correct? It was indeed. He so you were as it. I said inexplicably tied up with the Star Search brand. I was the poster boy. You were the poster boy. What did that entail? Did you actually have to promote? I had to do posters. Yeah. You literally <laughs> had to do posters? <laughs> it was back in
1: the day we actually still had posters, we still had we printed things in back a then. In that time of posters. Well, it right?
4: launched me. I mean, we all, you know, television is an extraordinary exposure and medium and and so it did a lot to to, to break me. In a in a Otherwise, unattainable business, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because I was sort of different and theatrical and a man. And uh, yeah, so it, it, it broke some of that down and then led me to other stuff. You know, it was the thing that gave me a little kick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And
1: then, because you have had an audience and a following,
4: then I could make records, could do, and I could and tour to and
1: Broadway shows, and exactly. all kinds of other fun stuff. Whoa. Television and yeah. everything else. What do you think of American
0: Idol observing it from a distance? Because there really is a sense that the winners are owned by they Simon are. Cowell for a long time. And Did I, you have a similar experience, no, or was it earlier? Star
4: Search didn't. Um, they they should have figured that they out. They didn't have the contracts. They didn't, ready have, the they yeah. didn't have the management. They didn't have that. You know, because these kids on American Idol, I think it's like a Colonel Tom Parker thing. I think oh. it's fifty. Percent, wow. you know, and they are in the studio the day after that show is out. You know, wow. out, racking it out, and we didn't do that at all. I was, I went uh, after Star Search, then I was solicited by you know several record companies, um, but they didn't have any kind of machine like that. Mm. Um, it was very different. It, it was when you look at it. It was there was a sort of sweet rawness to it. It was kind of hokey, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. It, it was very it talent show. It was, was like it wasn't like this talent polished show. thing with background singers and yeah. and the curtain, very lights and, the and, lights and, and the
1: sparkly curtain and yeah. the hanging star yeah, and there was a hanging star. Yeah, it was absolutely, probably it, made was it was like the Gong Show and with and no y- y- Gong. Y- it right, kind <laughs> of was.
4: I did It was not that far. Were there? Were there? I
0: remember. I remember some of it. But were there contestants who were just truly terrible and people would sort of mock and laugh at them the way we do the audition or the way some people do? <laughs> I, I can't do This that. I sounds know, the this, auditions uh, it, of American Idol.
4: I think it was a little bit less cynical of a time. Yeah, right. And uh you know how on American Idol they do have a, the judges are cast. I mean they're with well, Simon Cowell was, you know, somebody who would talk about their ankles are fat. They'll mm-hmm. they'll never make it, you know. Right. They were but there's often bashed and criticized. Yeah. And the problem that I have – I really shouldn't say it that boldly. I don't really have a problem with American Idol. I couldn't care less. Right. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Almost no one can anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Girl. Um, but they they seem to want to take the the talent and say, here's what you need to be to be a pop star. They get styled. They get coached. They get all these things. They're told how to – it's the opposite of being original. Yeah. I video have, kill I have the also radio star.
0: heard that in the tradition of reality show manipulation uh-huh. they will willfully sabotage contestants they don't really like. yes they will position they won't they will decide that they aren't what they're going for this season so they'll position them with songs that aren't right for them that it's part wow. of how I mean the, the most crass example is the show Big brother where they're all in the house right, right? And they'll literally call them into the confessional room to build the story with them they'll sure. start feeding the so you know I don't know if you know this but Marjorie said that you right. Looked like, and they'll start the fight that they want to unfold on the show. And on American Idol, if they want you to go under, they're like, well, maybe you should sing a
4: kid rock right. song. And exactly. They, you know, and it, that's it an allegation, and I can't right. really sure prove it's it. But, but well, it we, speaks with Star, to sir, the difference you're talking about. I got to choose my own songs. There was no catalog. There were no mentors. You chose right. your own material. And it could be, I mean, I did some original songs on the show. Um, which is never happens now. How
0: many performances did you have to do in the course of the season before you like won? Like sixteen. Yeah. Wow. A lot.
4: Total. Like one hundred and forty-two. Yeah. Like you well, just it kept coming like it, back. Yeah. But and I would never choose my songs until I had won because I didn't want to. You know, Kanahara. I didn't want to jinx myself. Oh yeah. And so, I, but I had. Uh, you know I was twenty-one or twenty-two, and I had been doing my act in this little fifty-seat theater in Los Angeles. So I had a repertoire. I had. You mm-hmm. know. These songs, anyway. Wow, I haven't thought about any of this for a very long time. Well, we time. took
0: you <laughs> down memory lane, yes. Sam Harris. I'm sorry to say that we're almost out of time here wow. on the dinner party show, but I'm so glad that Eric had the chance to tell you that you have changed the course of his life and, and his fashion.
1: I'm, my fashion choices for yeah. for life, absolutely. For life. Yeah. The book yeah. is
0: called Ham: Slices of Life. It is for sale at thedinnerpartyshow.com and our and we'll main keep you posted slider. When
1: the show comes, yeah. When the show, that yes, you were yes, yeah. Together, you keep absolutely. us posted. And we'll I will keep them posted.
0: Absolutely. We also want to remind people that next week we're joining by Chad Hodge and Blake Crouch through writers behind the forthcoming <laughs> Fox event series Wayward Pines starring Matt Dillon and also my mom wrote some erotic novel Beauty's Kingdom that's available through the website. No, I'm just right. kidding. Beauty's Absolutely. Kingdom came out this week. It is the fourth um, S&M erotic romance from Your mother mother, and rice.
1: Wow. And maybe And if you purchase it or anything through the website of the dinner party show, it helps to support the show. And we also even
4: if you've got a lot going out on cucumber sandwiches. I just wanna tell you.
0: We are Bobby Lee of Tiny Kitchen, our good friend, makes those sandwiches and you should eat some more as soon as we, we let us all stop talking. I'll join you in eating those sandwiches as well. And uh, anything else you want to – any final thoughts, Eric Shockwin? I want
1: people to know that if they're planning to shop on Amazon, go to the Dinner Party Show, yeah. click on the gold box, and then everything that you buy during that visit will help support the Dinner Party Show. It will show. help
0: support Eric Shockwin's shoe budget here right? at the Dinner Party, Party right. Yeah. Show. Right, because, yeah, ironic shoe choices
1: don't come cheap. They're not giving <laughs> these things away.
0: Absolutely. Sam, thank you very much. Thank you,
1: guys. Thank you so much. And, it's an And uh,
0: we'll be back next week with Chad Hodge and Blake Crouch. And here's Pink. In the meantime, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to The Dinner Party Show.
1: Thanks.